was prepared in heaven. <laughs> it wasn't prepared on the earth. Um, let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to minister your word. Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to do everything that I can't do. I can't prepare people's hearts. So I ask you to prepare people's hearts. I ask you to disarm every spiritual influence that would try to stop or keep this word from planting and landing in good ground and producing a major, major harvest. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint my lips. I can't do that. I pray that you would anoint me to minister your word as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you've been here for a little while, we've been um, really kind of pressing into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we've been doing this for a little while, and uh, part of the, the beginning part was to not quench the Holy Spirit, and I feel like we've been doing a pretty good job of not quenching the Holy Spirit. Um, the next part of that passage of Scripture was, do not despise prophecies. So we're not going to despise prophecies. We, we've looked into um, what, what Paul went on to teach, and he, and he said to test all things. How many know that just because someone gives a prophetic word, we cover that, it's not necessarily from the Lord. So, so we test those things. And once we've tested that and seen, and we looked at how we do that biblically and discovered that this is from the Lord and it's good, we're going to hold fast to it. And that's where really what we've been pressing into, what does that look like? And, and we covered a, how do we obtain it? And we covered that last week looking at uh, Philippians 3, 12 through 14 is um, we press on. We, we, we don't agree or believe or think that we've already, we've already made it. We don't already think that we're all that in a bag of chips. We've already arrived. Amen. None of us have arrived. None of us. Um, I haven't arrived yet. I'm pressing. I'm pressing in. I'm pressing towards the goal. But I haven't arrived at the goal. Amen. And the goal is Jesus. That's my goal. I, I, I'm not there yet. So I'm still pressing. And, and I'm pressing and holding fast. And, and I'm going to lay hold of what's laid hold of me. I really want you guys to understand that. Uh, I feel like the church, a lot of times, we, we, we get in this spot, and I've done it many, many times, that I, I get to this spot, and I said, all right, Lord, you do it. If this is you, you do it. I want you, and you do it. That's not what Paul taught. Paul said, I, I take hold of that which has taken hold of me. It shows that there's a part that I play in this. There's a part that you play in this. When you got saved, now, how many of you know that, that Jesus came, and he said in John three sixteen that that I've come to save the world. Do you think what he did it accomplished because he said it is finished. What he accomplished was powerful enough to save the world. Yeah. Okay. Then, then is, is the whole world saved right now? You know why? Because they have a part to play. I have a part to play. He doesn't have to go when you all of a sudden get ready and go get on the cross and die for you again. Because what he did was already enough, but we all have to take part in what he did. Does that make sense? God didn't fail, and God hasn't failed. God doesn't fail. What he accomplished is perfect, and what he accomplished on the cross is enough to save the world. But we have a part to play in that. You need to hear that. Everything that you receive from the Lord, you must take by faith. I've learned there's nothing, everything that you, you receive and you take possession by faith. 
the gifts, they're not earned. You don't earn it. It's a grace. But I'll tell you, with every single present that I've ever read, I have to take possession of it. I have to believe that it's good. I believe that's from the Lord. And then I take possession of it. Salvation is good. It's from the Lord. It's for the world. And there's no question. Some people don't believe that God came to save everybody. No, he, it's not eeny, meeny, miny, mo. It's, it's for all of you. Now, you all have to take possession of it. And God's not going to come after you die and go against your will and save you. He's given us a will. He loves us so much, and we're so more unique than anything that's ever been made that he gave us a will. So I can receive that gift, or I can say, no, I don't want that gift. Now, it's foolish to push away a good gift. And I did it for a long time until I believed that that was for me. I believed. And I got rid of some dumb thinking and some, some errors of, of judgment and what I thought was real. And I had to, by faith, take possession of it. And everything you're ever going to receive from the Lord will be that way. I, I will guarantee just about anyone that has stepped out and said, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. The main reason it hasn't happened is because what you want, to, how you want God to do it, he will not do it that way. This is what I wanted, and it came from a good place. I want you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and make me speak in tongues. Yes, I believe, and I want that. You just do it, and I'll have no part of it. So then I'll know that it was you. Sound familiar? Guess what? It doesn't work that way. You have to partake. You have. What I would say is, the difference between water baptism, you get immersed down into it. You go down into water baptism. Holy Spirit baptism, it comes from the heavens. And it comes down on you. It's like a beautiful waterfall. And you best get underneath that thing. And some of us have done that. We've got underneath the waterfall. We fill the waterfall. But you want to be filled and baptized and running over? Open your mouth. You won't speak in tongues. You won't, be ba you won't have the evidence if you don't open your mouth. So you get under that waterfall. And what did Jesus say? Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. How is that going to happen if you don't open your mouth? Stand underneath the waterfall in the presence. And the God's, Jesus is pouring it out. That's what he does. He'll do it. But you open your mouth. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get filled up. Start filling up. Pretty soon it's going to what? Start coming out. You know how it won't come out? With your mouth closed. So you, by faith, get under the waterfall. And you open your mouth. And you breathe deep. And he will give you the good gift that he wants you to have. And you will speak in a language that you did not receive naturally. But you will have to open your mouth. And you will have to speak it by faith. He's not going to make you go, I'm going to force Donnie's mouth open right now. Donnie, don't you do a thing. Just shut your mouth. And make it come. He doesn't do that. Now, he can. He, he can. He can do things, and you're not even fully aware. Like, you're just lost, worshiping. All of a sudden, you're like, I'm speaking in tongues. 
that can happen. He didn't force you against your will. You had to have already been like, Lord, I want everything that you have. And I'm ready for that. Please do that. Does that make sense? Everything you receive from the Lord is by faith. And without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. And faith is substance. It's tangible. It's, it's real. And faith is action. You go, you go stand on a cliff and, and tell God, I trust you. And he's saying, jump. I trust you. I trust you. Well, if you want me to jump, you'll make me jump. Oh, he's going to say, son, jump. I trust you, Lord. I've got so much faith. You'll catch me. Well, then go ahead and jump. Nope, if you want me to jump, you'll push me. No, it doesn't work that way. Everything you receive from the Lord, there's going to be a step of faith. And I, let me tell you, church, he's going to start asking you to take some steps of faith. Patty, that was a, that's basically what your word said. You want to stay in the boat? It seems like a good move. The boat's sinking. Walking out where Jesus is is going to be a lot safer than sitting in a boat. That's a lot better than you're hearing. It's way safer out where Jesus is calling us than staying in the boat. That boat's going to get tossed and turned. How many of you want to go out of the boat? There's some crazy people sitting out here raising their hands. I don't want to do that naturally. I'm like, no, boat seems like a smart spot to be. But I've been telling the Lord here recently, Lord, wherever you, I'm, I'm in it. If it's out of the boat, then, then good Lord, call me out of the boat. As long as it's with you. Wherever you're at, Lord, that's where I want to be. Lord, if, if it means put your hand over my eyes, God, and if that's what it takes, then do it. If I can't, if I don't have the faith to walk by sight and, and see this and not mess it up, then, then cover my eyes, Lord. Do whatever you got to do, Lord, I want to be with you wherever you're at, whatever that looks like. I, I'm not too proud to think I'm, I, I've got all of that and I've arrived yet and I'm going to do it. Lord, I know who I am and I'm not enough. Lord, I know I need everything that you have for me in this day and age. And if it means I'm, I might look foolish, I haven't begun yet to look foolish. And it, I'm, not, I'm just saying, God doesn't just want to go make you look foolish. He gives you your uh, natural abilities, and he's not against natural abilities, but they better align with what the Spirit is saying. Because the Spirit is truth. Don't trust that flesh so much. You know what Jesus talked about? He, he said some things that in the natural don't make sense but oh in the spiritual it makes complete sense like in comparison to me it should look like hatred the love you have towards your mom and dad that's not a passage a lot of people talk about that's not a very popular it wasn't popular when jesus said it it should look like hatred to your mom and dad compared to your love for me it should literally be like he wants you grown up to a place that it doesn't matter what your mom and dad were telling you Young people, hear me. If God is calling you to something and your parents are saying, now listen, I'm not saying be disobedient or disrespectful to your parents. But I watched as a young youth pastor, we'd go to camps and God would call people to do things and they'd come home and their mom and dad would talk them out of it. 
You need to contend for what God's telling you. You're an adult. Quit listening to your mom and dad. Listen to daddy. Your father who knows you and knew you in your mother's womb and had a plan for your life. And he's calling. He's going to call some things that you can't do on your own that will not make sense in the natural. But he knows the beginning from the end. And your commitment to him should look like hatred to anybody else. My wife doesn't tell me what to do. And I don't tell her what to do. But you know what? My own, I can tell you. My son told me I didn't, I didn't necessarily want him to go back to school. I'm like, one of the cool benefits of being a pastor is if you're doing homeschool, we can make our own time sometimes when all everyone else is up camping. We can go when everyone else isn't there. So I was being selfish. I'm like, oh, dad, what do you think? This is what I feel. I said, son, you better do what God's telling you to do. You better do what God's calling you to do. That's what you need to do. My daughter did the same thing. Dad, I feel like God, I wanted to watch her play basketball. I liked her like being tough and like she was pretty good at that. I got, I got a good enjoyment of watching her. And she said, Dad, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be doing this anymore. What are you feeling? Dad, she was a, a 4.0 student. Valedictorian at Toyon, which was a lot of kids. Number two in her whole class at Argonaut. Dad, I don't feel like I'm supposed to go to college. I was like, you could do anything. And I've been telling her, you could do anything. Like, you could be an attorney. You could be a doctor. Like, you're so smart. You could do anything. It's not what I want to do. I feel God's calling me to, I said, you need to do that. God has gifted you. He's, he's given you music. You're writing music. You need to pursue that. Pursue what God wants you to do with everything inside of you. That's what you guys, parents, moms, dads, you need to hear this. Those aren't your kids if you dedicated them. And I never forgot. I, I, it wasn't the church that did it. I took my daughter when she was a few days old, and I lifted her up in our front room. And I'll never forget it. And it was a scary thing, honestly, because I know God. God, I'm giving her to you. You know what that means? He can take her to a foreign land. He can do all kinds of different things for his purposes. And it might hurt my heart. But I'll tell you what, if she's obedient to God, it ain't going to hurt my heart. You better give your the it's everything. And when you do, don't think he didn't see it. guys this it's about that we can't serve God and love with ourself love and money love and pleasure it's not about those things it's about you dying and being born again with a whole new way of thinking. With all of your 
the old self was about love yourself, self-preservance, preserve, go get a bunch of stuff, go make a bunch of money, enjoy it. That ship's got to sail. you got to be willing to push all the chips in and say, God, it's not about what I want anymore. It's about what do you want. Because let me tell you, if you didn't do that, you're not saved. There's no other way but by the cross. And that's, that's a very pretty cross. His cross ain't pretty. He didn't hide it. He said, oh, you want to follow me? Pick up your cross, not his, your cross. And your cross might look a lot different than mine. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be the most important thing, the thing that you hold value dearest the most. You're going to pick that thing up, and it's going to go with you, and it's going to die. He's not demented. It's, it's so that you can have a new life with a new desire, with a new heart, with a new future. Not stuck on yourself. At any moment could lay down your life. And he says you haven't even begun to experience life until you live that way. He wants sozo, salvation of everything new. Free and clear from sickness, disease, demonic influence. That's what he wants. And the only way that happens is you have to die to yourself. And it's a daily thing. What was the word I used in the first service? I need to write on the mirror. See, I already forgot it. There you go. I was talking to the first group. I said, I need, I'm like, get a tattoo put on my forehead. It's not about you. I'm like, I need to do that. And then the Holy Spirit was like, just write it on your mirror. I was, I was like, that's probably a better idea. About head spot in the mirror, and I could see that, rather than get that tattooed on me. That's dying daily. That's dying, going in the mirror. Hey, today, it's not about what you want. And we go, Lord, what do you want today? Like, what do you want to do? Like, this is going to be fun. Like, boats are overrated. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get there. This should be interesting. Go ahead and get out of the boat today. Okay. That's what it looks like every day. Like, how many times a day do we hear a voice tell us to do something that's not what we want to do? It's a lot. Do you want to see freedom in your life? Be obedient to it. It is wild. I'm not fully there yet. I haven't arrived. But I'm chasing it, and it is wild. And he gives so many opportunities. So many opportunities. Lord, I want to grow. I want to be more like you. Here you go. I'm definitely going to need you for this one. But it is a new life that he wants. And we're going to have to partner with him. He said, come unto me, 
all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke, and there's a yoke, church, fits perfectly. And my burden is light. But there's a yoke. That means you're going to get in step with him. You're going to be linked together with him. It ain't going to be about what you want to do. You're going to get in step and in rhythm with him. And when we do that, the yoke is easy and light. And when you don't, uh, let me tell you, it is not form-fitting. It don't fit good. It rides really rough, and it's heavy. Thank God for that. It lets us know, and I, and I get reminded when I get pulling ahead of him or not wanting to go with him, that thing starts fi- feeling a little funny. And I start taking on more than I need to take on, and I'm not living like a child that's carefree, in love with their father. I'm living like a grown man who's got to figure it all out. And he wanted that guy to die. And he wanted there to be this new person, rise up, that has childlike faith. He came into his own, and his own did not receive him. So he gave to us the opportunity to become children of God. Children. Little ones just worsen away. Is there some teaching? Yeah. But they're free. I'd rather mess up being free than not obey. Being wise. You got so much theology you don't you don't listen to the Lord and be obedient. He's not going to be pleased with that. He's not he is not excited about your diploma and your pedigrees. That doesn't impress God. Like, I've got a theology degree. He's God. Seriously? I hope you understand. I'm not, like, I want to know more than I've ever known. I'm studying more. I'm pursuing knowledge. I'm not against it. I'm just saying he's not impressed with it. What he's impressed is is when we're obedient. And it can be a simple little thing. The simplest little thing of, okay. He's like, yes! Does that make sense? How many, of you are, how many of you are so excited with your kids because they're smart? Or you're super excited by your kids because they're obedient? I got this smart, we call them different words. They don't listen to anything, but they're... Well, we don't like them. I might not have the smartest kid in the world, but I'll tell you what. What I want is a kid whose heart is tender before the Lord, whose heart is submitted before God who's chasing after God with a purpose. I'll tell you what, when you have that, you don't care about all the other stuff. It's not about how much money they're making. It's run, run, go after it. My second message, actually there's a two by it, so that makes sense. Hold on to the prophecies given you and fight the good fight. I love scripture. I love that we've been looking in Thessalonians and in Philippians. And Paul was teaching the Thessalonians, but I come across something that so excited me that this is of the, how many know it's super awesome when you gain a knowledge, but it's even better when it, you see it in action. So this is what we've been t- teaching and where we're headed in action 
And it's like right smack dab in the middle of what we've been doing and where we're headed. And I was like, Holy Spirit, even I could see that was you. Like, that was awesome. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. And I'm reading it in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the NIV just to make a lot of people mad. Just kidding. That's not the reason. Is it okay to be funny once in a while? Good. I'm glad you agree because I'm going to do it anyway. You know why? It's who I am. I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. Listen to what, what Paul tells Timothy. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. NIV says it this way. It makes a little more sense the first few parts. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command. I don't know about you, but my boys, I, I guarantee you, <laughs> they would, their attention would perk up. I love them. They know their love. Timoth Paul is declaring to Timothy, I love you, son. Son, I love you. And then he says this, I command you. Boys, do you, would you think I was serious if I spoke to you like that? Have you ever heard me say those words? Now, I, I have suggested pretty strongly that I'd really like you to do something. And, and it would probably be in your best interest. <laughs> but I can promise you, if I said the words, Jesse, I command you. He's going to hear that a little differently. I need us to hear this a little differently today. You see this word, and it says in the King James or the, the New King James, "I charge you." This is a military word. The Greek—it's a military word, and 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 I—I'm not apologizing. Um, the Bible uses a lot of military terminology, a lot of warfare terminology, because we're in a war, especially in the end, towards the last days. And he's using terminology to get our attention. And it's, it's the same terminology that's in the Great Commission. And I don't even like, I, I don't like, it, sh it should be like the Great Commandment. Like, the Great Commission is like, kind of sounds like, well, you know, if you want to. It's not worded that way. It's, it's go into all the world. You know, Jesus speaks that way. I don't know, I don't know if we're here. Like, he speaks that way a lot. He's a king. Like, he's a king. So I don't know if you, like, we, we as Americans, we don't really get it as much because we, we, we think we're pretty important, and we vote, and we do all this stuff. Kings command. And Jesus, when he tells us things, it's not like, you know, if you, if you, if you think it's a good idea, if, if you want to, you know, the forgiveness thing, it's, yeah. No, it's, he expects us. To do what his word says and what he says. And when he says go, like it means go. And I will promise you the main reason people will say, well, I don't see a lot of this stuff happening today. Because we're not being obedient to the 
go. There was a command given. So we don't take that seriously. You know what? You're not going to see the serious stuff happen. So in this word, it's perangeleo. I said it. It's a military word. It's a mandate. It's a charge, a command. You see, when you're in the military, they don't ask if, if you think the time they tell you to get up is a good idea. You know, if it feels good with you and it fits into your, I don't know what your schedule is tomorrow, guys, but like at 0600, you're going to be dressed and humping up that hill. And the only right answer is, yes, sir. This is that type of thing. He says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. What do you think Paul thinks about prophecy? He's been teaching about it. He's telling his young son, Timothy, um, you better keep with it. I'm charging you to hold on and keep with those prophecies that have been given to you. You see, he wasn't just teaching the Thessalonians. Now he's putting it into place with Timothy, someone he dearly, dearly loved. He's telling him, hold on to them, Timothy. Hold on to what's been prophesied. You see, it's already been tested. It's already been found that this is a word from the Lord. This is good. He's saying, Timothy, you hold on to that good word. He's saying, Timothy, you better keep it in the forefront of your mind. You better think about that. You better go to bed thinking about that, Timothy. You better get up in the morning thinking about that prophetic word that's been given to you. That's what he's saying. Timmy, I need you to have that in your mind. You need to be consumed with that good prophetic word that's been given to you. And he's not asking, he's telling him. You know why it's such a big thing, I believe? Because prophetic words encourage us to warfare and to fight well. I think that's why God gives us these prophetic words. God gives us these prophetic words because they are to encourage us. They are to strengthen us when it gets tough. They're there to give us something to look back on and say, but Lord, I don't see it right now. Lord, it's getting tough. It's getting cold. But I remember that word you gave me. And I know you're a God that cannot lie. And God, I'm looking at that. And I'm not going to see what I see right here in the natural. I'm going to look by faith to what you're saying. Are you hearing me? That's why he gives us the word of prophecy. It's to strengthen us and to encourage us in the midst of the struggle. How many have been given a word like that? How many of you held on to it? You contended with it. You went to war with it. And you saw victory. You need to encourage other people who haven't got the victory yet. You need to come alongside them and don't go, well, did he really say? I don't know. That's you need to come alongside them and say, God is not a man that he can lie. You need to grab a hold of that thing. You need to grab it tightly. You need to step into that and lean into that and press into that. That's why he's given them to you. So don't let go. Prophecy is given for endurance. Prophecy is given for endurance. We all want, and, and I don't, because we won't grow, that's why. I, mean, why. I don't know why he doesn't just do that. Because we won't grow. Thank God he'll give us a word that will encourage us, even though knowing he knows what we're going to have to go through. 
knows how long it's going to take. He's not surprised. And he knows that we're going to have to fight through and press in and do some stuff, and that's going to strengthen us and grow us. So press into that and hold on to those prophetic words. Not pathetic words, the prophetic words. Hear me? The word that you've already known and identified, that's from the Lord. That's a good word. That's good and and tested. You take that and that should fuel you to keep going, to not quit. Lord, this is what you said. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm going towards it. Amen? I've seen some of them happen, and I've seen some of them I'm fighting for. And I can tell you honestly, I haven't fought for them yet. I'm starting to. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say yet because it's starting. But they've came, and I've been very, I'll be very honest. I thought, that's, I believe that's you. That's, that's really big, and I don't know how to do that. And I feel stupid even saying it out loud. Can I be real? You know what I got to do? What I'm telling you. You know what I'm doing? All right, then. I guess I'm the guy. I don't know how you're going to do it. It sounds crazy to me, but why not? You're a big God. You can use anyone. You can use me. You said you'd use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I more than qualify. There's my diploma. You know why he likes that? If it happens or when it happens, it ain't going to be because of me. You know who's going to get the glory? All of it's going to go to him. All of it's going to go to God. People are going to go, my God, if he can use him and do that, surely he could use me and do something crazy good. That's the point. Look at who Jesus used. You guys are getting bonus material. Look who Jesus used. We qualify. Traitors, people who turn their back on him, liars, tax collectors. It's not a good list. We qualify. You know who gets the glory? You can't care about yourself. You can't care what you're going to look like. It ain't about you. It's about him, and it's always been. It's about him. This new life is not about you. It is so not about us. It's in spite of us. We did that. My sin. He went to the cross and paid for so that I can be redeemed and made new. And he can now live in me and, and, and he doesn't make me do anything. I get to. And the more I will submit myself and say, Lord, whatever you want to do and then do that, the more he's glorified and the more tender my heart gets. And the more faith begins to rise up in me. And the next time he says something, he doesn't have to go, hey, He goes, hey, son, yeah, you know, I was thinking, (laughs) sure, I haven't heard it yet. Sure. That's what I want. 
I'm already putting my boots on. I don't know what we're doing yet, but I know it's going to be fun. You're supposed to remember those prophetic words. Keep it at the forefront of your mind when you go to war. He doesn't send you to war empty-handed. I had the opportunity to go to Africa, and the only reason that happened was because the Lord had already prophetically given me a word through his word, and he wouldn't let it go. How many ever had that happen? You're, you're reading a passage of scripture, and the Lord's like, yeah, study that. So I did, and then I was ready to be done with it because I figured I've read it upside down, sideways, I don't think there's any for any more for me to get out of this. I was pretty sure there wasn't, and I tried to kept read every morning. I'd get up, okay, I'm going to go read something else. The Lord's like, no, go back to John 10. I'm like, whoa, okay. I'd read it again. I'd okay next morning. Surely I've understood and I've got what I need from this. I start trying to go into Psalms. He go back to John 10. Like over a month. You might think, oh, that's really good. It it's kind of cool for a while. And I'm like, I'm visualizing. I'm like, okay, Lord, like, I think I see, like, and, and in John 10, the part he wanted me to get was that he was a good shepherd and that he went before the flock. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I think I got it. And then I'd start meditating on it. And then I'm seeing, like, okay, you're going before me, and you're, like, highlighting and putting flashlights out and lighting up areas. You're going before me. You're pointing out where the mountain lines up on the cliff. Like, I started kind of getting it. And then this one day, I get this phone call. It's around 4 in the afternoon. I'll never forget, I was standing on the back patio of our little house on Henny. And me and Seth had been doing the measure of a man in our church in, in Burson and developing a relationship. And he had been asked to go to Africa with a bunch of people from his church. And I was like, dude, that's so awesome. And I was super excited for him. And like, that's so cool. Well, he calls me out of the blue and goes, hey, guess what? I'm like, what? Someone's backed out of the trip. Do you want to go? What did I say? I go, yeah. I said, yes. And then I go, I should probably ask Jenny. But you know what the answer was? The answer was yes, whether Jenny said yes or not. You know why? No, 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 I hope you're hearing me. I'm not. You know why? Because the Lord had told me for uh, over a month, every single day, I've already gone before you. I'm a good shepherd, and I've already gone before you. I was able to say very quickly, when he said that, you know what I heard? I've already gone before you. I said, yes. Now, a good wife asked a lot of questions. To every single one of those questions, my answer was, I don't know. She'd say, so what are you guys going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, so what are you, I don't know. What part are you going, I don't know. Like, do you, I don't know. How many of you wives, you do not like that answer? So you'll ask it a different way, but you know what the answer was? I don't know. Some of them I thought were kind of legitimate questions, so I called Seth. You know what Seth said? Literally. I'm like, so what should we wear? Like, what kind of, I don't know. So I'm like, um, I brought some suits because we're going to be, there was all kinds of stuff going on, like conferences, and, and they dress up, like, for real. 
They ain't playing games. God did so many crazy things, and that, that word was tested before we even got to Africa. Landing in London Heathrow. I don't know if you know much about planes. They land really good when they're pointed straight with the runway. Our pilot tries to land it pointed this way with a little dip. It's kind of cute. Seth has never flown in an airplane before. The statement, ignorance is bliss, is very true. He's just sitting there, and he's, and he's, he's like, is that supposed to happen? I'm like, no. It's fun in a car sideways. I like being sideways. It's fun. Like, eh, eh. It's not in a big plane that's like three levels. It's not fun. And the, I've went before you. I'm so glad you have. We land in Nairobi, Kenya, which I found out after I said yes, the nickname was Night Robbery. Well, that's a great name. You're, we're, we're leaving the airport and we're seeing, it's like, this is a nice area. I'm like, that doesn't look, too, this is like, okay. No, we drive right past that. We get to the place where it's not even barbed wire anymore on like, it's broken glass stuck in the top of the wall. Just, that's cool. We get to the place and they do the secret honk thing and the gates open up. It was interesting. On the way to that place, we got road checked with lots of heavy, fully automatic weapons. And my buddy tells me, oh, no, I don't think I have my passport with me. And I start thinking this through. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And then I, Jenny's going to be mad. And that's just what I told Seth. Jenny's going to be mad. Because I'm like, I can't let him do anything with you. Like, if, we're, if you're going down, we're all going down. And then the Lord said, because I started to get, I don't, I started to get a little anxious. And I was telling my kids, you have nothing to worry about unless I'm worried. I started to get a little anxious. Because it's like, you're not in Kansas anymore. There's a bunch of dudes with fully automatic weapons. You're white amongst 7 million people who aren't. You're not going to hide anywhere. That gets real, real quick. And then I heard this beautiful voice say, I've already went before you. And I went, it's going to be all good. And I think I said, he already went before us. Now, there was more opportunities throughout that trip. Let me tell you, <laughs> there was quite a few of them. And I kept hearing, and thank the Lord that I held on to that prophetic word because it is what carried us. We're all good. He's already went before me. Like, he's already, we're good. You need to get a hold of those prophetic words, and you need to hold on to them. You actually need to go to war with them. Because the enemy's going to come and try to snuff those things out. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you allow him to, he's more than happy to wipe those out, you and everyone that you love. If you don't go to war over those prophetic words, if you don't go to war over the people who God said, I'm going to save them, if you don't give them over to the enemy. Don't let go of that. You grab a hold of that, and you press in. Paul also reminded Timothy to not neglect the gift given to him by prophecy and laying on the hands in 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you have your Bible, just turn with me a couple pages. He tells Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you. 
that word, the gift, is charisma. Don't neglect the gift that's within you. You guys, God has gifted us. It's a gift. It's not because you deserve it. It's not because you earn it. It's, it's because he's an awesome God, and he loves to give good gifts to his kids. It's that reason. It's not because you looked the part, not because you prayed and fasted for 25 days. That's awesome, but the, the, all that, do, not all it does, but you don't like, you're not praying and fasting to get God to do stuff. You pray and fast because it tenderizes your heart. And you're able to hear, and you're moved by him so much easier when you do that. But you don't do that because you make God do something. We sometimes, well, I'm going to pray and fast, and I'm going to get the answer. You're going to pray and fast to go hungry. When you pray and fast from a place of your heart, of like, God, I, now he'll honor, like, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to pray and fast, so I'm going to seek you. Guess what? You're going to be found by him. But you don't pray and fast to make him do things. He's not your jack-in-the-box. You don't wind him up, and he pops out when, when you tell him. He's a big God. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy. By what? The gift that was given you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Don't neglect, yeah, there we go. Meditate on these things. Is that like I was saying, keeping it in your mind on the forefront? Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. That kind of sounds like all in, right? You know, I think it was Napoleon. If it wasn't Napoleon, it was one of these other crazy dictators that tried to rule the world. He would go to war at times and go to different parts of the world. And as, as the soldiers would get off the boat and they'd start to get on the ground, he'd burn the ships behind them in their sight. Better take the ground. There's no way home. That's committed. That's what we need to do. Give yourself entirely to it, that your progress may be evident to all. Come on. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That save is sozo. For in doing this, if you hold on to those prophecies and you contend and you get them in the forefront and you continue in them, this will save both yourself and those who hear you. That means that sozo is freed, delivered, healed. All of it. The new life. That's what will happen. be delivered, protected, healed, preserved, made whole, made whole. Going back to 1 Timothy chapter 1, I, don't you love how Paul's using this? He's reminding Timothy twice, don't forget those prophecies. Keep that on your mind. In the, in the first chapter, fight the good fight in the new king james he says you may wait so that by them by those prophecies you may wage the good warfare that you may wage the good warfare 
in the NIV, it says, by recalling them, so that by recalling them, by, by bringing them back into your mind, you may fight the battle well. Or fight the good fight. And you need to, at this point, pick church. Some of us who are like, getting wound up, you're like, man, I'm ready. Let's go to war. I got to be like, now make sure you're fighting the good fight. The good fight. What's the good fight? The one he's called you to fight. Because there's all kinds of stuff that we can like, that ain't right, and this isn't right, and that ain't right, and, and we get, oh, I'm going to go take care of that. No, what's the fight, the good fight that God's called you to fight? Like when we went to the high schools and to all those schools and started praying over them, that's the good fight. Preparing that ground. Going to warfare. Like that's, that's worth fighting for. And I'll tell you what, the next part of this, of fighting the good fight, is no one goes to war without first counting the cost and making sure it's a really good reason to go to war. Well, not anybody wise. If you got the, what's his name in North Korea, who knows with that guy, but. You're not going to, you got you to gotta be willing to lay it all down if you're going to go to war. You got to be willing to risk it all, right? Like it's come to the point that I'm ready to go to war. I, I'm ready to maybe give my life for this matter. That's what Paul's saying. If you're to that point, you better hold on to that prophetic word. And those promises that God's given are worth fighting for. Church, you got to hear this. Like, we're not playing games. We're not in a season of game playing. I believe the Lord's coming back soon. Don't ask me for a date. I don't know, but I believe it's soon. I believe if, if God's mercy is that I'm still here, it'll be in my natural lifetime. I don't think, I don't feel like it's coming. And you're going to have to contend and fight. What's worth fighting for? What's worth, what's, what's worth laying it down for? What's worth dying for? You see, the, the Americans way back decided they knew what was worth, they knew what was worth fighting for. Freedom. Freedom. Liberty. Freedom. That's what we should be fighting for. That's what sozo life is. Free. Completely free. And it's not just for us. It's for our family. It's for everyone we come in contact with. And we're going to have to take those prophetic words, those promises that God, has, that God has put on us. And some of those things that we think, I don't know how that, that sounds so big. Or maybe it's not that big. But I just don't see how that's going to happen. Actually, pastor, everything I see is opposite to that. It keeps looking worse. You know, it doesn't matter what it's looking like. What did God say? You need to press into that. You need to grab a hold of that and go to war with that on your mind. Satan, check it out. I don't care what you're doing. I can see what you're doing, but I know what my God said. My God's the creator of heaven and of universe, and guess what? I know who I am. Without him, I'm nothing, but, but with him, I'm a son, and I have authority, and he's given me his name that's above every name. And Satan, you're a liar, so you can go back to the pit where you came from. And you know what? My loved one, they're coming with me. They're going to be going to heaven. I don't care what you said. My God is greater. And that word that he gave, I'm going to fight for that. And I'm going to stand in faith. You're going to have to do that. 
your little mamby pamby we can't just sit there and be like, well, I don't know. No, you better know. You better get in that fight. Is the person or is the people or is the situation worth it? If it's not, what are you wasting your time in it for? Well, I don't have time. You, you don't have time to fight a war for your loved ones? I don't have time. We don't make time for whatever we think is important. That's the truth for me. I will find time for whatever I see important. Paul's basically saying you've you got to be willing to risk everything. Are we there? If you want something really bad, you'll risk everything. And God knows that. You see, he knows the truth. We can tell God, and, and I can fool you. You don't know what God's asking me to do. You don't know the prophetic words that God's, that God's put on. You might go, well, Pastor Steve, he's a good guy. He's, boy, I heard somebody, he's really on fire. Well, you thinking I'm on fire and me being obedient to God are two different things. You don't know what he's speaking to me. You don't know if I'm being obedient to him or not. It ain't matter what you think. I know, I know what he thinks. And you know what he thinks. I don't know what he's talking to you about, but you do. Fight well. That's what he tells Timothy. Fight well. That means with everything you got, right? You ever been in a fight, like, I mean, a fight that I got, I got in a fight one time in, when I was in jail, and it was, it was really the only time I was ever scared. When you can't breathe anymore, that will scare you. Like, for real. Like, not like your little brother had you in headlock. Like, like you punch somebody that's very big, and they don't fall down, and then they grab you and squeeze the life out of your neck. All of a sudden, you're fighting for real. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you guys, we think, like, Satan's just this little, like, he's just, mess, he's not messing around. He's squeezing the life out of us and our family and our loved ones, and he's playing for real. This isn't a game. Like, you got to get that, like, desire and that, and, and you've got to be willing to do whatever you got to do to get free. Because I'll tell you what, when you, when you literally don't have any air, you'll figure out a way to get it. Fight well, he's saying, fight well to me with everything you got. Don't forget, this was a command to war a good warfare. And he goes on, he says, how, how do we do it? We fight with faith. I'm not going to spend the time on the faith because we cover that a lot. But I want to talk about the good conscience. We fight, a, we fight this good warfare having faith in a good conscience. What's conscience mean? Conscience, con means with, chance is science, means with knowledge. You fight this fight with faith and with knowledge that you're giving your all. With a conscience, a good conscience. That God, how many of you have ever, God's called you to something or, or someone calls you. 
They want you to pray. But you go, man, I've been pretty dirtbaggy this last week. I don't know if I have the faith. You don't have a good confidence. You say, don't fight that way. Fight in faith. That means you've agreed. You've, you've said, he said, test me this. And you're like, oh, man, right? The faith. It's the action step and a good conscience. That means you can go like when, when how many of you, when you feel you, you have, like, I have a clear conscience before the Lord. My heart's submitted to him. I, I'm surrendered. And God asks you to do something, and, and he says, I want to heal this person. You're like, I, wanna heal, I want them healed too. And you're just like, I'm in this, man. That's fighting with faith and a good conscience. It doesn't do a whole lot of good if you don't have a good conscience. He wants, he wants a people that have a good conscience. You know how we get a good one? You start being obedient. You start listening to the things that he's asking you. You start taking those prophetic words that he's given and you go, if you said it, I'm in. And you pursue that thing and you go after it and you fight a good war. And your conscience is clean and clear and your faith is rising. That's what he wants. And that's the only way we can fight. It enables us. That conscience, we know. He's given it to us. We know right and wrong. We know good and evil. We don't have to ask. It's in there. We already know. We just submit to it. The crazy thing is, is he goes on and he says, some have rejected that. Some having rejected concerning the faith, and that's just their trust in the Lord. They've rejected it. That word that he uses, apothema, you see, we play a part. We take action. And, and we don't, sometimes don't realize that you're, you don't have a problem taking action, pushing against God. I don't have a problem times when I don't like what he says, going, I don't know. I don't know. No, that seems, I'm not there. That's an action. That's the word he's using. Apothema. It says to shove. And I want you to hear this word because it doesn't sound good when I do it. To shove, to push off, figuratively, figuratively to reject to cast away, to put away from, thrust away from. It implies a violent and personal rejection of one's personal conscience. You guys, when we don't obey and we don't fight that good fight and we don't take that prophetic word that's been given us and go forward, that's what we're doing with it. And he goes on to say, when we do that, we shipwreck our faith. Now listen, the more we agree with faith and a good conscience, the more tender and sensitive our conscience becomes. Amen? How do you know that? The more that you listen to the Holy Spirit, the more that you take those positive steps forward, the more you do that, the, the, the more sensitive your conscience becomes. And then he's not having to scream and yell and shout and beat the thing. He's just saying, I love you. Hey, son, yeah, that's probably not a good area. You're like, oh, man, I don't want to go there. That's not for me. But the opposite is true. When we don't listen and we go, I don't want to hear that. That's not for me. He tells Timothy to consider our conscience. And that's how, and, and I hope no one's, I, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I hope you hear me. But that's how people can come into churches 
and they can sit and hear the gospel and hear powerful worship. They can hear the word from the Lord, and they can go, I don't know, I didn't really get anything. I didn't really get fed. I don't really feel the Lord. You're like, what? That's because you're not taking what God's been speaking to you throughout the weeks and submitting yourself to that and being sensitive and, and, and letting him have his way in you. Because when we do that, it tenderizes our heart and it keeps our conscience very, very tender. But when we reject God and we, and we push against and we don't want to do those things, it sears our conscience. And then as you're sitting and you're hearing and you begin to hear the, the truth and the gospel and the good news, it's just dink, 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 dink. And you're like, I didn't really, no, it, it bounced off here and it never got here. I'm not immune from that. When we reject the prophetic word that is from the Lord and we reject the faith in the good conscience that we could have, we shipwreck our faith. Now, the Lord gave me this little picture. I have a whole other one I'll share with you, but if you put the music on, Matt, that'd be cool. Um, it's like the people on the Titanic. Warning. They got warnings. They got told. The captain was told, hey, there's some icebergs. There's throttle down. They just kept chucking. This thing, we're not slowing down. Like, we're going to make this. We're going to make this trip. We're going to do pride, lots of it. Shipwreck. Didn't listen to the warning. Didn't listen to the, to the word that kept coming. We don't want to do that. And you know the crazy thing is it's not, people will blame God for so many different things. God didn't do it says we shipwreck our faith we literally are like throttle down we can't afford to not listen the way the way last this last week and i was looking at this this was my picture when we do this so hear me when we do this because we've all done it when we do it it's as dumb as shooting the pilot when you don't know how to fly. Think about that. Like, God tells us, like, prophetic things because he knows the beginning, he knows the end, he sits above it all, he knows everything. And he's like, I'm going to give you this word because I know you're going to need it. And we're like, the pilot's saying, this is the course we need to take, this is how fast we need to fly. And we're like, well, I think that's stupid. Poof. You know how to fly? Nope. You just shipwrecked yourself. That would be really stupid to do that. We should probably quit doing that. We should probably hold on to those words that we've already discovered. It's from the Lord. We know it's the Lord. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it right now. But, oh, I'm going to go to war with that. I'm going to war with it. It's going to be in the forefront of my mind. It's actually what's going to fuel me. It's going to be what I get to get up in the morning. I'm going to look for that. I'm going to look. I'm going to put a picture if it's a person. I'm going to take a picture if it's a place. If it's, if it's a vision that God's given, I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm going after that. I can't afford not to. I am not going to shipwreck my faith. 
I don't want to see other people's lives destroyed because I wasn't willing to fight for that. Are you with me? I don't want everyone to, to just do something because I'm asking them to. I hope you hear me. I want you to take a moment and say, Lord, I, I, I have to believe that there's a bunch of us that God has spoken things to, given us things, or it might not be a prophetic word. Maybe it's a vision. Maybe it was a dream. However the Lord spoke to you, but you know it was the Lord, or you believe it was the Lord, and you've tested that out. There's been confirmations. There's been, you can see it's not against Scripture. It's good. willing to fight for that? Are you willing to, to do whatever it takes? I'm willing to go to war. I'm, I'm going to press all in. I'm, I'm going after that. If you are, I want you to stand up. Not for me. I want you to do that for the Lord. And if you can say, I don't, I'm not totally sure what it is, that's okay. Don't, don't just do it to do it. But I want you to make a commitment to yourself and the Lord. Say, God, I'm committed to this. I'm a, if I go down, I'm going down in faith. If I go down, I'm going to go pressing in. If I go down, there's going to be a sword stuck in my hand. Because your word is true. You're not a God. You're not a man that you can lie. And Lord, we're going to press in. Just begin to tell him. If you haven't, if, if you were like me and the Lord had given you some different words and you just thought, I can't see that. I, I don't, I'm afraid to share that. I don't know. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I have no right to not do or put my faith and trust in what you are saying is shall. Who do I think I am? I don't have an opinion on this matter. I'm your servant. I've given you my life. You can use it however you see fit. That's what I told you 20-something years ago. How dare I recant on that now? Lord, we thank you, God, that, that your word is so true. It's yes and amen, every promise. Lord, I ask that you just begin to encourage and breathe life. The breath of God just begin to breathe over these dreams and these prophetic words and these visions. Breathe life. Holy Spirit in, in church you do your part you do your part you're in partnership with this you do your part what if what if What if revival hits that campus? 
you don't quit. Jake, what if half the football team gets saved in the next few months? and stick around you're more than welcome to to pray seek the lord if you need to be be dismissed you can be dismissed if if you uh if you haven't made if you haven't made the commitment to give the lord your life what i'm talking about not that you said a prayer at one point but that literally you're saying god i'm giving you everything my hopes my dreams my future today's your day you come down to this altar i'd love to introduce you to jesus Now, I'm not trying to make it difficult for anybody because it's not. It's just everything. That's all. It's just all. You just give them all. It'll be one of the hardest decisions you feel like you're going to make and one of the best ones you're ever going to make. And once you do it, you'll have new life. There's no other way. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm it. There's no other way. not living in that new life, if you're not living to that full place, fully committed, there's more. Keep pressing. Don't quit. Don't stop short. One more round. (laughs) You say, devil, you might have had me for a while, but this ain't over. I'm not done. You might have got the better of me this last round, but we got another one coming. And I ain't going to fight this one alone. I'm going to bring someone with me. His name is Jesus. You might have heard of him. He don't lose. somebody I hope your faith has been stirred I hope you've been challenged to not just say oh that was a good word or or it wasn't a good word I don't I don't what I want is to see us taking forward progress fighting the good fight warring the good war no care for ourselves thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you for brothers and sisters Lord who love you Lord may we spur one another on may we encourage one another Lord may we not quit Lord I believe you're going to pour out so many gifts you're going to do so many miracles in these last days just like you said and even greater things you shall do Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you also know that there's going to be opposition to that, Lord, and we're going to have to learn how to go to war and how to fight. And I thank you for that, Lord, that you are letting us know ahead of time, Lord, that you're preparing your people, and you've put people together like this group right now, Lord, and that you are sharpening us, you are are aligning our march, you are putting us in cadence. We are in step with you. We thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we want all. Why don't you say that with me? Lord, we want all. We want everything that you want. It's not about us. It's about you.
church, you can be dismissed if you would like prayer. If you need prayer, if you got a, need a touch on your body, you need healing, or you need deliverance, I'd love to pray with you. Let Jesus do his work. Amen? If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want to be, I'd love to pray for you with, for that. Jesus still does that. spend some time up here in the altar, you can do that too.